This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We have a special guest, and this guest is a friend of mine. Our kids grew up together, but we weren't really that close, and I don't know that we would have called ourselves actual friends uh, during those years. We were, I wasn't in the pagan community, and she kind of was the pagan community, <laughs> But we did get to know each other pretty well in 2009. And from then on, it's just gone on. So everybody, uh, this is Linda Kerr. Say hi. Hello. Hello. That was simple. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Linda has done a lot of things. I don't know if I should say them all or let you, but she was integral to the pagan community in Alabama. Linda, do you want to tell everybody what your path is? Um, I'm fairy faith, which doesn't really mean anything to anybody, but we study the Huna tradition out of Hawaii, and we work with the Celtic lunar tree calendar. Right. I think it does mean something to some of us that she does have a Wikipedia entry. So, oh. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if you okay. look up. Yeah, if you look up Fairy Faith, um, you show up hmm. really cool. Yeah. So um, Fairy Faith really does focus on those two things. And um, where did it start, Linda, real quick? Where did Fairy Faith start? Okay, Fairy Faith, well, there's different stories. But um, basically, Mark Roberts, who I think was from Texas, got some idea in his head from I don't know what source he actually got it from, but he thought that working with nature spirits was wonderful. And he had some other ideas for rituals and such. And he came to Georgia and he met Epona, Lady Epona, and they got together and they kind of more or less created this themselves. And they brought in the Beth Lewis Nyon Celtic Lunar Tree Calendar and they created rituals and that's kind of where it started um there's a backstory for it that isn't we found was not really accurate so i'm just going to go with that version and what time was that oh gosh late 70s early 80s so it was a minute ago yeah 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 and epona was the one she was my teacher i met her in 1980 seven, I believe, and started studying with her then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I studied with her from 87 and until 92 and got my fifth solar, which is um, kind of the equivalent of a Wiccan third degree, became a high priestess. Right. That is the top of the study program you could get to, correct? Yes, it is. Right. And then you took on your own students for a while there. I did. I started teaching probably in 1990 before I got my fifth. And I taught for at least 20 years. Yeah. Um, 
exhausting. Around <laughs> it to 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to get to that. Um, but before, before I get to that, I also wanted to talk about, about what time during all this you're, you know, you have, you have a baby somewhere in there too. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, the, like you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a child in 1996. And, and you were uh, running so many things. Tell us about the uh, the really cool moon dance and fall flings that you've been doing for so long, 30 years? Yeah, 30 years now. I started, um, well, okay, Epona and our little, our coven that we had at the time, we went to a pagan festival in year 1990. Mm-hmm. And it was nice. It was a bit pricey. And once we got through with the weekend, I looked around and said, I could do this. And mm-hmm. she said, uh-huh. and she said, well, why don't you? And I was like, mm, okay, cool. <laughs> so I did. And the first festival I had was in summer of 1991. And about two years later, changed the name to Moondance to give it a uh, consistent name. And then Fall Fling began in 1994. It was not my festival. It was put on by a friend of mine, but I had a large hand in helping out with it. And I took it over in, I want to say 1997. So I've been doing both of those ever since until, you know, last year when nothing could actually happen. Which is really regretful because I think it's this year, right? That your 30th. Yeah, the 30th anniversary of Moondance is this year. So I really, really hope we can get together in person. I do too. There is something lost online, I think. It really is. Didn't you try to do that? Where I, yeah, do- I did. I did it last year for Moondance. And I mean, it was nice, but it just, there was a lot of pros to it. A lot of good stuff. But overall, it just wasn't the same. Right. The energy can't be felt. The same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not so uh, in the dirt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To say. And while you didn't start Pagan Pride Day in Alabama, your student did, correct? Yes, yes. my student, Cliff Landis, began it. I don't honestly remember what year he did, but he ran it for a few years, three, okay. four years. He was a student at Auburn University at the time. He also was the president of the campus pagan group. So he was kind of doing both of those at the same time. And then I believe he graduated and moved. And that's probably why he quit doing Pagan Pride Day. So Mm -hmm. it kind of lay fallow for a few years. And then I picked it back up again in, uh, again, I don't know exact dates, but I want to say maybe 2012. And I know you don't want to toot your own horn. I get that. But I would say that the state of Alabama was lacking in pagan presence. Wouldn't you, at least in community get-togethers? Yeah, it was. I started in 1997. I created Church of the Spiral Tree. And we started doing rituals for almost every Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um and they started off small and they got bigger and bigger. And we had people drive from all over the place and we had them at various locations. And that was really good for bringing people together and growing the community. And that was nice. We continued Spiral Tree until a year and a half ago and we finally closed it down and put it to bed. Right. Which I think kind of brings us around to the conversation, doesn't it? Because the topic I wanted to ask you about today or at least like have a conversation about 
Yeah. Is, I mean, you put in 30 years of service to pagan community and teaching and yeah. gatherings and whatever, you know, add it all up. It's a hell of a life. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I guess, you know, I, I think the word crone may be misunderstood sometimes. It may even be overused. Yeah. But we get to a certain age where I think it could be a thing where we're just ready to start our own new chapters, whatever that may be. And do you think that's where you are? I kind of think so. Um, it was a relief to close down CST, Spiral Tree, because it's run by volunteers and I... Uh. <laughs> yeah you know how that goes um we had you know, we had some very good people helping out but everybody was just busy with other things and it just wasn't working anymore so it was time and the festivals I'm going to keep those going for probably another 10 years and then retire those and concurrently I intend to retire from my job in 10 years because on top of all this I have a 40 hour a week job Right. Yeah. Real witches work their butts off. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I've done a lot and Lord, I'm tired. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think that, you know, I think you are doing a better job. I want to be honest with everybody. You are doing a better job at letting yourself uh, accept that that's okay. <laughs> more than letting yourself. I'm, yeah struggling more with that because I've only been teaching since 2009. Yeah. I guess in a lot of ways, I don't feel like I've put in my dues enough or whatever. Yeah. But I am uh, almost 55 and I am exhausted. What, what do you think about this stage in a Crohn's life where your stage, my stage, any stage? Oh, well, <laughs> I really I really like it. Like I said, I've done a lot and I did so much and I felt like teaching was really my calling. I I didn't do it for the money because there's no money in it and mm -hmm. I didn't do it for any acclamations and I didn't do it for an ego trip. I just did it because I felt like I needed to share fairy faith with people. The same thing with Church of the Spiral Tree, I just felt like Alabama needed a freaking 501c3 pagan yeah. church. Well, and by the way, also the cover school for people uh, who are not. Yeah, talk about that. Right, right, right. Sacred Grove Academy, that's still going. I started that in 1999, and it's still going. I guess I'll do that for another 10 years. It's not a huge lot of work, so... Yeah. provides an opportunity for folks to let their kids yeah. hold in other ways than underneath the local Baptist church. So. Yeah, because in Alabama, in order to homeschool, they have actually added a couple of other options. But previously, you had to hire a tutor, or you had to be a certified teacher, or you could go through a church cover school. And so we stepped in and filled that need for a pagan church cover school. It's been you know, it really has filled a gap. We have about 100 students at any given time. Mm -hmm. That's 100 children that have an option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, so again, y'all can see that, <laughs> Linda, you've given so much to Alabama pagans. So mm -hmm. much to Alabama pagans. I, I guess the big question for me is when 
some of us get to the place where we're tired. For instance, I'm not taking any more new students. I closed that option down last year. Mm -hmm. I am finishing with the ones that are on a good and viable path. Yeah. You know, that was a note I took. So right. they stopped being on a viable path. I'm handing them over to somebody, but <laughs> it's okay, isn't it, to, I don't know, to let your path change, right? Oh. Absolutely. Talk about that. Talk about that. Letting your path change and, and seeing new options on the horizon. Oh, yeah. I mean, one should never be locked into a particular path because then it becomes a rut, in my opinion. And you should never feel a calling is different from an obligation. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense because one should never feel obligated, but feeling called to do something is completely different. And then that calling goes away. It's like, well, okay, cool. I'm going to find something else to do. Mm -hmm. Buy a truck and an RV and go traveling. <laughs> <laughs> go on um, a journey, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, I taught, I taught for 20 years. Um, my festivals, if I can make it to 40 years, I'll feel really good about that. I'm going to retire from my day job at probably age seven. And 67, you said you cut out for a minute. 67, yeah, yeah, my phone blipped. And so, yeah, I intend to retire about age 67 or 68. And you know, I'm not going to feel any guilt or anything about looking back and going, That was fun, I'm over it, I'm done, I'm out. Well, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. And everybody should, you know, be able and feel free to look at their path and go, Yeah, I need to either do something different. Or at least stop this for a little while and see what else comes up. That's like listening to nature, man. That's like just listening to the nature of your own body and your soul. Yeah, totally. It actually brings me to a really intriguing conversation, if you don't mind. And that would be, you're a pagan agnostic or atheist, right? Yes, I'm at least an agnostic, leaning towards atheist, not really committed either way. I don't believe in a higher power. I don't believe in anything outside of ourselves that rules the universe. I do believe in mother nature as a, almost a sentient being. So, but I don't see it as something we should worship. Mm -hmm. I also don't believe in karma as an outside force. I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in destiny. And that kind of makes you an enigma, right? And <laughs> People have taken pause, right? Raised an yeah. eyebrow, a witchy eyebrow at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I call myself a pagan heretic. Um, <laughs> I love it, man. It's so cool. <laughs> I just think we're in charge of our own destinies. Um, we make our decisions and then we have to live with the consequences. There's no karma looking over our shoulder going to whack us. If we do something wrong, right. we put that energy and we reap what we sow. But personal responsibility has always been very important to me. And if you've read Heinlein, then uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, he talks about the concept of thou art God. I am God. You are God. We are all God. The earth is God. Yeah, I, I don't worship myself. I don't worship other people. So I don't see it as something to be worshipped. We are all God. Yeah, I think worship has this kind of feeling of subjugation to it. Uh, right, sometimes. yeah. It just doesn't sit well with me. Right. That actually makes me want to throw you a curveball if that's all right. Okay. So where does this calling come from? 
where does the calling come from? I don't know. It just feels like it's something that needs to be done. Mother nature. You think it's just universal, this uh, Mm. self-knowledge maybe? Perhaps. I just think it's us. It's ourselves. The HUNA system. Okay. In the HUNA system, and again, not very many people have heard of the HUNA system or have any idea what it is, but it's a Polynesian system of philosophy. They believe in the low self, which is similar to the subconscious. They believe in the middle self, which is kind of like the ego. Mm-hmm. They believe in the high self, which is more like the super consciousness. This is where it's not more of, it's not a God thing, but your low self communicates with your high self, your middle self, your thinking rational self talks to your low self, your child self, the unconscious and says, Hey, let's do this. Let's have this happen. And low self talks to the high self and high self's like, sure. So there, I believe that there are high selves, you know, our high self and everybody else's high selves. And then there is something potentially above that or beyond that, that we don't know about, we don't understand. And therefore it's not even on my radar. So with all that being said, all the high selves can come together. And I believe speak to a person. So that's about the uh, best explanation I can really give. No, I think that's very uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So in a lot of ways, the high self is sort of the personal God then, or am I completely off? Eh, it's not really a God thing, but yeah, I don't know. I can't. For lack of better. Yeah. 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 It's your, it's like your personal Christ self, if you want to put it in more of a Christian term. Yeah. If you are interested in the HUNA system, read books by Maxwell Freedom Long. Start with The Secret Science Behind Miracles. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah. It's thick and chewy and hard to read, and it puts most people to sleep. So you know what that makes me think of, too, is that the fairy faith have, I've met quite a few of (laughs) y'all, and I love quite a few of y'all. And what I keep noticing is that y'all are very anti-dogmatic, you know? What oh, I mean? yeah, yeah. I, I've always said that, and this is one of my premises, and I've talked about it before on the podcast, is that I feel like dogma kills magic, pick your word. It, yeah. It stifles it. It keeps you from being on the journey you need to be on. If, if, it, if you're too dogmatic about something, you're only walking in the lines. How right. does faith feel about that? Well, fairy faith, we consider it not to be a religion because we don't worship anything. We don't have any deities. Um, fairy faith is a way of life, a system of philosophy, a way of bettering ourselves. And one can be fairy faith and be any other religion. And there is no conflict. So any dogma that is imposed would come from the you know, any other religion that one chooses to follow. But within fairy faith itself, there is no dogma because we take what works and we use it. And if it doesn't work for us, we discard it. Um, And fairy faith itself is ever growing and changing. Um, Each high priest or high priestess has full autonomy to add or change or delete things as they wish. I changed things up after I graduated, things that my teacher had not done. The couple of students I've had who that I've graduated have gone on to add and change things. So it's a living thing. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I can't imagine there's a lot of dogma then. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, in the nature of talking about cronehood, there are a lot of things that I thought I wanted to be. There are a lot of things I thought I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They weren't a tenable living situation for me later on. So what would you say about, I mean, is it okay to abandon a path that you've spent, I don't know, 10 years on, five years on, a year? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Consider this. You're in a marriage with somebody. Oh, hell yeah. You've been, <laughs> you've been married <laughs> for 10 years. Okay. It's a respectable amount of time. Things aren't maybe going so well. You're thinking, I need to get out of this. This is just not comfortable. We've tried to fix it. It's not working. But do you stay in that marriage just because of the 10 years you put into it? Break free and go do your own thing and become happy again. And that 10 years isn't lost. It was still for a learning experience. Right, right. Absolutely. You learn things from every relationship and from everything you do in life. And it's not like you're burning it to the ground and you're never going to think about it again. It's still part of you, but it's totally fine to go, eh, I need to do something new. Yeah, I'm jumping off this path. And I think that it's harder. Now, this is just my opinion. You know, you and I are much different in this area, but I think it's a little bit harder for a crone to abandon a path. We get a little older, we have a little less time on our hands not as impulsive that kind you know what I'm saying and I know I abandoned a lot of paths when I was 20 it's harder to do in your 50s and 60s but I think sometimes it might be survival oh yeah I don't see why it wouldn't be I don't know I'm I'm a big fan of if it doesn't work then do something different and it doesn't matter how old you are so is it ever too late for a crone to learn something oh no never (laughs) (laughs) I agree. <laughs> I keep on trying a new thing every year. You know this. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe one day horses, but all well, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> horses are cool, man. I may not come back though. I may just run off on my horse. <laughs> they are. They are cool. They're expensive. They're, they're cool. I know, but my mom always told me I was on a high horse. I sure would like to actually prove her right. <laughs> Well, all right. I feel really good about this. Is there anything else you'd say to a crone, somebody, especially like a budding crone, someone who's going through this life change and, yeah, you know, her kids are grown up or not even kids, but some things have shifted and, and she has a little bit more of her sense about her or himself. Yeah. What do you think? Is there anything, any last words for them? Well, I think you should make your decisions based on your own personal preferences and life choices and not be constrained by somebody else's expectations of you. Including your parents, right? (laughs) Including your parents, your (laughs) children, your friends, Mm -hmm. former students. Your employer. You need to be true to yourself and not feel any guilt for doing what you do. As long as you're not harming anybody, then go for it. Yeah, because, you know, I think we only think about time running out when we get older, but time's always running out, even for the young. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could die in a car crash tomorrow. You know, it's we have no idea how long we're going to live. 
but I'm not going to sit around and do the same thing forever and ever and ever because I feel like somebody wants me to. I'm just not going to do it. I have one last hardball question and we'll completely stop after that. Okay. Do you believe that magic is real? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Magic is real. But in my opinion, magic is defining your own reality. Ooh, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Zippity-doo-dah-day, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in magic as like a Harry Potter type of magic. I believe that magic is we are creating our own reality as we go along and becoming more in touch with ourselves, including our low self and our high selves, is how we achieve that magic. Yeah, we pulled that off. We might be as good as the trees, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've met a pretty magical tree before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they have low selves, but they've got their shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah. of the time. Definitely. <laughs> you know, as we're closing down, I'll tell you this. I, I, you know, didn't tell you this on the telephone, but I have a 300-year-old oak. You've met my water oak. Oh, yes. Somebody came out today and uh, said that they needed a trim, my big guy. And uh, we're very impressed with this oak. And they said it's, it's probably in its last days. Oh, that's sad. It really is. Um, but we've made a decision and made an agreement with them that we're going to try to go another year and then preserve the stump as much as possible when we get down to it. Because that'd make one hell of a table, right? Oh, definitely. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think about trees like that big old water oak that you've met. It's an amazing tree and it's given me so much and it's been around since, damn, I think it's been around since like the natives were here, right? You know, Cherokee. Yeah. And the, yeah, um, Pukoki. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of memory in it and that's magical to me. That's magical mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. to have that kind of history so exactly. I don't know why I brought that up but I guess I think that there's magic not just in ourselves but also in nature and it's a big deal to me that we can find that because I think if we can learn from trees and things like that we might I don't know get through our croning <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes when we finally get cut down maybe somebody will make us a table that's right I like that idea I do too all right. Well, I'm going to close it down and I just want to thank you very much for being part of this today. No problem. I enjoyed it. I did too. All right, y'all. You have a blessed night and I'll see you next week. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.